It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's post-match. West Ham 2, Everton 0. Down in London. Um, a comfortable victory for the Hammers as... Uh, Everton didn't really put up much of a fight whatsoever in that 2-0 defeat. In my opinion, of course, everybody else would have their others. Pete McFarlane's with me once again to uh, to look over this one. Um, and uh, personally, Pete, this is obviously not going to be typically as long as we normally do for the post-match, simply because, well, there could well be more news that comes from the club itself, uh, given the fact that the board were down there and uh, the owner was down there. Possible decisions could be made at that level of Frank Lampard possibly not being the Everton manager going forward. But anyway, be sure to listen to this and we'll, we'll have another podcast tomorrow regardless um, just to have get, get more views and more people as we always do. Um, Pete, start with this game. Um, the, the lineup. I mean, I don't know what he's what he's doing lineup-wise and, and to be honest, this might sound weird, but I don't really care because it doesn't seem which direction we go in that he's able to get a tick out of this lot. Um, but he, he decides to do what he did with the back five. Um, didn't didn't look handy at all. But the, I think the main thing I want to get at, regardless of talking about tactics and whatnot, because they didn't really matter in the end, was the attitude of these the, the eleven that he started with. Um, to me, and I know for many others, this is really easy to say given the way we are right now. But that looked to me like eleven lads that were just going through the motions of. I won't go as far as saying not wanting to be there, but this didn't look like a side that was absolutely fighting for everybody, as we've known and loved from our football club in years gone by, even when we've been in trouble, i.e. that Palace game, I hate referring to it, that, that Palace game at the end of last season, this this didn't feel like that at all to me. It felt like they were waiting for something to happen, something to change. didn't look like they were playing for Frank Lampard, certainly, anyway. No, it, it didn't, Dave, and you're right. When you're in this type of uh, relegation scrap as we are in, um, you need fighters and you, and you need players who are who've got big personalities and you need players who are who are gonna who are gonna step up to the plate. And unfortunately, yet again, um, there wasn't a single player on the pitch for Evan um, who, who who was up for that fight. Uh, like you say, players going through the motions, um, pedestrian, uh, you know, no, no, no. 
no any any kind of attacking intent whatsoever. Um, certainly when we got to the final third, it was absolutely toothless. Uh, we we passed the ball around a little bit for the first twenty minutes um, across the back and in the midfield. We we you know tried to get on the overlap, I suppose. Mikalenko had a couple of opportunities to to get the ball in the box, which he fluffed. Uh, couldn't get it past the first man as as he tends tends not to. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just a, another toothless, uh, pointless. Uh, performance. It, it, again, it, I, I, I watch Everton. Um, and I, I've, you know, I'm, I'm watching this team week in, week out, playing the game as if they're playing a training match uh, with no intensity and, and no real, no real fight to actually go out and try and win a game. Um, and it's, it, you know, it's, it, it's, mm. it's such a, a trying time. To, it's uh, as an Evertonian, it's, it's so hard, hard to watch. And you know, I was around for. You know the season under Howard Kendall in ninety seven, ninety eight. I was there with my season ticket, and um, I was there for you know some of the some of the other great escapes. Even even you know during the Walter Smith days, where where we were scrapping uh, at the bottom, uh, but we always had fight in the side, and we always had people who'd step up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, I just don't see that you know to a man in in this team. I mean. It, it, it's hard to it's hard to put in words and I know what a podcast it sounds really silly from someone to say but um, when, when I see a side like that I mean the Southampton game at home when all of the things happened after it the game after the game of Wolves as well um, where we've lost away a lot a lot of people put their faith on on Lampard and the players after the one all draw at Manchester City that right now looks like <laughs> a really uh, freak sort of result that we got there, a really lucky one that we got at Man City from that wonder goal from um, from Gray. And then when when I see the reaction of people when we've seen that issue that happened, um, both after Brighton that we banged on about all week, there's just been totally bizarre. Feels like, I've said it many, many years on our podcast, it does feel like the Truman Show at times when you're a blue. And certainly when that happened, and we, we, we've we've spoken at length, haven't we, about the start and finish of it and what people have said have happened or alleged that have happened and whatnot. Um, and I said, I don't know if it was right to say it, about it seemed to have put Lampard to one side when all of that crap happened with the board. Mm. Um as we've seen from the game today, and I know hindsight's a wonderful thing, but it looks to me that he was doing, he hadn't been doing any, obviously he was, but it looks to me like him and his staff have been doing absolutely nothing when I saw the way in which they played, which which leads me to think that, like I said, they obviously were doing something, but it looks to me like these he's lost these fellas. It didn't look like any of them. And the, the one I looked to um, quite quickly over, over the months that we've had him, has been Connor Cody. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've done a lot, say a lot of work. I've I've spoken to the guy in the past, and he's he's the ultimate football um professional. Yeah. He's he's done no reason why there's the exact reason why he's been a captain at Wolves for so many years. Um you can tell he's a really good, reliable defender. And today, even that, he, he seemed quite quiet to me. I look, I don't want to put him out on on some sort of uh some sort of effort of vitriol on his own because, like we've started it with, I think everybody that we watched today were, were, were quite dreadful, really, um, in terms of obviously not a lack of efforts because that would have been far too obvious to see. But 
the the body language, the way in which they moved, um, the way in which they passed the ball. There was no real intent to go and win this game. I'm not sure we had a shot on target at all in that match. We were playing a side that were also in the relegation zone. Just looking at this team table now, West Ham, uh, sorry, this uh, league table now, West Ham have moved up to 15. They are uh, three points ahead of us now. Southampton, I think, got a draw of Villa. I haven't seen the results from tonight, uh, from today's games, as we've just started this podcast. Southampton have got level on points with us at bottom of the table. Um, we are Villa, two won. Two. Villa won. Villa beat Southampton. But the Villa, where well, that's obviously yeah. decent for us then. South, Southampton had a goal disallowed as well, which was dubious. So we've uh, we've got a touch of luck there. Well, a touch of luck, but they're still the side below us anyway, so they don't tend to matter. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it's it, the, the idea, the, the problem we need to get three below us, don't we? That's all we need. Yeah. Um, and Bournemouth, I think, drew the last I saw of it. They drew one all, did they, with yeah. Forrest? Yeah. So, um, Bournemouth are two above us now. And th- I think the thing that is, is is just as difficult is the fact that we've got sides above us. We've got games in hand on us. As in, Leeds have got a game in hand on us. Wolves have got a game in hand on us. Um, and that goes to that sort of mini seven-team league there is towards the bottom of the of the league. Uh, Leicester, I think, due to all with Brighton. Um, they're on 18 points. So they're three ahead of us with a much better goal difference. I mean, I'm banging on about what, what, what the league looks like at the moment, and it's obviously not pretty to look at, and it's, it's upsetting to look at. It is for all of us as, as, as Everton fans. But the other side of this, without it going into any further detail of that game, because I think we both... None of us or nobody who was there has asked to say much about the performance because it was dreadful. Um, the players, anyone I looked again, all right, was Onana. Gray, when he got the ball, looked enthusiastic. But everybody else just, like I said to you, that, that term that comes to my mind was um, they were going through the motions. And Lampard himself on the sideline looked like he was doing the very same, really. At times when we've watched them at Goodison, He's been very vocal, screaming up and down the line. Didn't look like there was much of that today from him. Um, and and like I said, we were playing a side that looked like had they lost today, they'd have sacked David Moyes. They might well still do that because West Ham are a bit mad like that. Hmm. The one thing that I think many people were pointing to and certainly would have been at the end of the match if they were there in the away end at, at West Ham was the fact that the board and the owner was at West Ham. Now, it's angry to see anyway. Seeing them wherever they are is absolutely angry. Uh, cowardly is the term that I've used, and shitbags is the word I've used in, in recent <laughs> days. And I look at this now, Pete, and you see them at an away end down in London, which, let's face it, most of them live really easy for them to get to. Obviously, be nice hospitality that they got at West Ham, at the, at the Olympic ground and all that. The London Stadium is what they like to call it now. Excuse me if you're a West Ham fan listening to this. <laughs> um, they've gone in there, and I I think the intention because they know there would have been a lot of focus on them, a lot of cameras, a lot of um, videos of them and whatnot, and that makes it pretty obvious to me that they were there for one thing, and that was an, an execution of the manager. Should we lose? And had we won? To have a general chat with them potentially about signings, Dan Juma, who looks like he's signed for us. I'm not sure where that goes if Lampard gets sacked. <laughs> Does he look to go to somewhere else? I said that on my Twitter just after it. I feel really sorry for that lads right now. Um, given the offers he would have had as well across the uh, across the Premier League and beyond. 
seeing the board there though, what what was your initial feeling? And I'm I'm trying to ask you to talk to answer that, taking away the anger that I think most of us felt when we saw them there. Yeah, I'll I'll try and I'll try and contain the anger. <laughs> um I there's no other way to put it than I think they've got a cheek. I think they've got a nerve. Uh, after after what was was said, well, I mean, we, we, you know, we've 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 covered this a lot over this last week. Um, you know, in terms of in terms of what had come out after Saturday and before Saturday, um, I think they've got an absolute nerve showing up there today. I can understand their reasons for it, but the purely for the the, the, the purely um, selfish reasons. There's no reason for them to be there other than to just show their face and to sort of almost you know stick two fingers up to the fans. Um, the fact that that board haven't said a thing all week after the hatchet job they did on Evertonians uh, in the in the build up and and since um, the build up to the Southampton game and since the fact that they haven't had the decency to come out and say a word um, officially to the supporters, but then turn up and sit in the same stadium as those paying Evertonians who've paid through the nose to get there by a by a coach. Some have stayed over. People have bought tickets. Um, and this board of directors think it's okay to just suddenly turn up and sit sit by them. They don't deserve to sit in the same stadium as those Evertonians, as those dedicated Evertonians who would do anything for this club. These Evertonians who are fighting, you know, for this for the survival of our football club, and the people who are culpable, the people who have gotten us in this mess, do not deserve to be in the same stadium and breathing the same air as those dedicated and loyal Evertonians. Do you do you now ultimately think and, and and like I said, we're making this one slightly shorter than everything else we talk about really, but you know what me and Peter like we tend to go off on a bit of a tangent. Um do do you think looking at that that, that Lampard's gone? I mean, I, I don't see any other way. I think that all it's a case of now is waiting for when this happens and not if. Mm. Um given that they were down there, I mean, it's it, it's sort of I'm a bit twixt in between here. Um you know, between the rock and our place. When I look, they were there. I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd like to understand the theory behind that, mm. but the insanity of that, of that board, you, you couldn't really, one hundred percent, be sure of what was going on there, um, and why they, why they bothered. Because obviously, they're going to get shown publicly because of what's happened at the club. So they've obviously been willing to step their feet back into. In, into the public to be able to be seen. Um, is is that, I mean, is, is that even an idea that they've got the old Frank Lampard is sitting there thinking, oh, my bosses are here, we're going to have to put on a good show so I can keep my job. I don't think it's as simple as that, but I don't think they're as clever as that either. In fact, no. I think all of them are thick. I think they're really, really thick people. And I don't like to say that lightly about people, but at our football club, the way it's been run and the things that people have said, I, I think there's a, it's just a gang of idiots. Um, now I look at it and think, well, the first thing I thought was that that means the the writing is on the wall for Frank Lampard should ever not win this. Even if we'd won this, there's still there's still uncertainty of him, of course, that is given the position that we're in and the way in which he's managed the club. Um and, and there's it, it it's pretty clear that that's the case, in my opinion, at the day. To to put their eye on him. Um, not that he couldn't away from that anyway, but to publicly do so. I think it's a big statement of we, we're willing to to put ourselves forward with this club. They're doing the things that I think they they probably 
look towards fans and think, do you know what? Do we we actually need to show that we care about this and we want to fix it? Mm-hmm. That has the absolutely like we've just mentioned there, the opposite uh, effect on fans. But then if you go if you go to the Lampard issue in itself, I I don't think he's going to be the manager when we get back and play Arsenal in in a couple of weeks and then and then Liverpool. I mean, I um, I have real real sympathy for if and when it happens, the manager that takes over from him has got the most difficult task in football, I would suggest, at mm. this time in their career. When when do you feel this is going to happen? And it's the impossible question to answer people, but I guess it's the only way we can talk about it. When when do you think this is going to get done now? Because I, I, I think he's inevitably gone. Yeah, I, th- I think he's gone. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone tonight. But like you say, this border... Um... They're unpredictable, if anything. Well, well I'm I'm, be... I'm expecting uh, Machiri to go on on talk, uh, talk, talk, him, talk yeah. to Jim White and say, uh, "Are we keep on backing Machiri? Uh, keep on backing Lampard." But where this is really, really stupid, and this is why I call them idiots, is because when he was on there chatting the usual crap he comes out with to Jim White earlier this week, he was saying that he backs the manager. Yeah, uh, yeah. inevitably. Um, Come what with it's uh, that, that's not verbatim, obviously, but that's the impression that I think all of us got when he sent that letter to to the uh, to the official fan base. Um, that is what I thought when he came out and said that we we backed the manager, and it's I know a lot of people say that you know in the playing like it's what is it that saying it's called when um, the dread of vote of confidence vote of confidence yeah <laughs> yeah and all that we know we've seen it happen before and it's like. It's a cliche for the reason because it does happen, but most of the but, time it happens. It happens in like a you know a, a, in a tweet. It doesn't happen <laughs> with you know with the owner going on Talksport having a chat with his mate. You know you know. But it, it does happen. It does happen <laughs> with decently or better ran clubs than us. Yeah. yeah. From, from from him saying that, I mean, and and again that word that insanity that that man has has expressed, that says to me that he actually means it. <laughs> he means it. With enthusiasm that we're all we all need to get behind Lampard and he's not going to sack him. If he doesn't sack him, Everton get relegated. Um, and and I'm saying that like it's a fact, but I don't see how that changes if he's still the manager, regardless of what players we sign in the next week or so. He's 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 going to be he's going to go. It's inevitable that he goes. It's just a question of when, uh, not if anymore. Like I mentioned at the start of this podcast, I agree with you. I th- I don't think. I'd be surprised if they don't sack him before Monday, maybe on Monday. Who knows with these? They might all go on holiday tonight or something, mightn't they? The way that the way that football club is ran. But sorry to interrupt you, by the way, people carry on with what you were saying then about him. It wouldn't surprise if he goes tonight and so forth. Yeah, just say well, it wouldn't surprise me if if he did go tonight. But then, like you say, that um, Farah Mashiri is is a maverick. Uh, he, he, I don't know what what's very polite of, there. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's the nicest way to put it. Um, I mean, one thing I would say that, that if if there's any sort of positive, if you could call it that, uh, from the fact that the balls were there today, um, it's the first time Farah Mashiri's been there since was it August mm. 2021. Um, I am convinced the Farah Mashiri only gets his information probably from Bill Kenwright and then and you know from people at the club. I'm convinced he doesn't actually really understand quite how bad things have gotten. Um, Mm-hmm. And I think he's seen that firsthand today. And one one interesting thing I saw on Twitter before, and this might just be, you know, just something completely random, but I kind of 
in terms of body language and in terms of in terms of you know when you can sort of tell how people are. Um, someone pointed out that it's probably it's the first time that Farhad Mashiri hasn't actually been sat next to Bill Kenwright. Um, it looked like he couldn't get any further away from him if he tried. Um, well, he, he was, was he was next to Sharpie, wasn't he himself? Yeah, Mashiri. yeah. And um, you know, if you would have thought if there was some kind of united front needed, um, and if if Farhad Mashiri was was a hundred percent backing. Uh, Bill Kenwright and was totally happy with him. I would have expected him to be sat next to him. Um, but I'm assuming maybe Mr. Mashiri has, has, has had enough of, of, of Kenwright as much as as much as the fans have. Um, but as I say, there's no hiding from it now. There's no um there's no you know buttering things up or there's no there's no um there's no blagging to be you know left to be done. Farah Mashiri's seen with his own eyes today. We we faced a very poor West Ham side. And that very poor West Ham side easily beat us. Um, we we were unable to bring anything off the bench which could really impact on the game. Um, we are in dire, dire straits. Now, we can see what's going on on the pitch week in, week out. We watch every game. We can see how toothless we are in terms of a football side. We aren't privy to what's going on behind the scenes. So we are we don't know just how bad it is financially. We can guess. We can we can you know sort of go off leaks and we can go off things that come out in the press about you know the Premier League have got us under scrutiny in terms of financial fair play, but we don't really know for a fact just how bad things are. Well, the one man who does, or one of one of the people who does, is Farad Mashiri, and today's probably the first time in eighteen months that Farad Mashiri has got the full picture, where he will understand exactly what is going on. He will be able to look at the football inside, realize. I mean, at one point in that game when Southampton were, were drawing, we were bottom of the league. Doesn't make any difference still, you know, but, you know, psychologically, we were bottom of the league. Um, and Farhad Mashiri, if he was in any doubt about whether he thought the fans were right to to question the board's decision-making, um, I don't think he'd be any, in any doubt now. I don't think you can argue with it. And I've seen a lot of people uh, this week, you know, pundits, um, I won't mention mention which you know I won't mention which uh, news sites have have have, uh, have been discussing it but there's been a lot of people who've tried to throw this back on the fans um and I'll repeat what I said the other day a well-run football club in the Premier League doesn't struggle to buy players and a well-run football club in the Premier League doesn't have fans protesting against the board uh, I think Farah Bashiri I'm hoping he's had a really 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 big wake-up call today although I would have thought he should have had that when we survived by the skin of our teeth last season. Just as you just as you're talking on there, you might might have heard me sort of um, laugh a little bit, Peter. You were saying what you were saying then, and uh, Sky Sports have caught up with Bill. Listen to this now. This is him being uh, approached from Sky. Bill, is that is that it now for Frank? Do you think? It's been a tough run of results, hasn't it? It's been a bad run of results for us all and for Frank, but no, I would never ever say that to you, ever. But things have to change pretty quickly, don't they? Yeah, we've just got to start winning, haven't we? It's a bad time. Mr. Mashiri, Mr. Mashiri, hello. Is this about time for Frank now, do you think? No, I'm I can't sorry, it's not my decision. Bill was just about to get in uh, the car that was taking him away from the stadium. He was he was asked and did as usual. Um, I don't know is the way in which he he, he does the way he talks. Um, 
he was saying he would never tell anybody had a manager been sacked, um, which doesn't indicate to me that he has or he hasn't done anything really. I think it's a bit of nonsense where he should really be taking taking charge of this, both him and the owner. And then he just simply turned to Gary Cottrell from Sky Sports News and says that it's bad times, which is really, really ironic considering the... Oh, these are the bad times, are they? I oh, know, because he said the good times <laughs> recently, hasn't he? He's, he's been... He's been uh, known to say that word as well. And then following that, Gary Cottrell runs over to Farhad Mashiri and he basically, not verbatim, is asked by him, is this time for, for Frank Lampard? Is he essentially the, the Everton need a new man? And Farhad Mashiri replies and says, that's not my decision. What? I mean, what? If, if you're not already... Um, what? What's left of your hair out? Because I, I don't mean you, Pete, as well. By the way, because I know, I know, I know. <laughs> we both run short of our heads full of hair, don't we? Amazonians, yeah, exactly, mate, exactly. <sighs> anybody else? Anybody else is going to be uh, at the very least pulling the hair out if there's anything left that they've got watching Everton. But that, in a nutshell, shows you the insanity of this of this football club, doesn't it? The, did he did he genuinely say that's not my decision? That's exactly sure. what he said. That's exactly that's, what he said at the end of that. That's, Oh, is it is it our decision? Is it the fans' decision again? Is this is this this? this... <laughs> I mean, um... or is he going to speak to Uncle Uncle Osmanov? What's yeah. what's going yeah. on? Yeah, is it Denise's decision? Whose decision is that? If it's not the owners, who makes every other decision? Apparently, and then and then Bill beforehand has said that I would never, I would never tell tell you that. You know, speaking in, in in riddles, these people are meant to be the owners of football clubs. I I just I, I don't understand it, mate, and I don't know how we're how we're all anyone's supposed to know if those two don't know. You know, who makes that decision now? If he says it's not his, probably the Premier League. We can't afford to sack them. It's like just an abysmal, abysmal owner that we have, mate, isn't it? I I mean, I'm I'm flabbergasted, Dave. I'm absolutely. I for once in my life have I'm stuck for words. Do you see any other club with an owner who's spent half a billion on players in a really, really poor way? And look, obviously the people he's employed have been crap. We know all of that. We've been through that list of managers and players we've signed and um director of football and all that stuff. But obviously he's been heavily involved in that. And the irony is there that he's made the decisions, but he's saying that the one to potentially sack the manager that is being woeful for us in recent months. He doesn't make the decision of that. Send me the answers in a postcard to anyone else who's listening to this. But, um, well, if you're to believe those two gentlemen, which I don't think any of us do, but if you do, Frank Lampard's not going anywhere because nobody, we, they don't have anybody who, uh, who can make a decision at this football club. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's flabbergasted anyway. Um, people, I think we'll leave it there, mate, because... <laughs> I'm I'm ready to start punching the wall anyway myself when we're doing this, mate. So this um this microphone that I'm recording now probably won't stay in my hands for too long <laughs> if, if we carry on with all this. But no doubt we'll be back as soon as or as if there's any news or if there's someone that comes forward that makes the decision at Everton Football Club, you'll be first to hear it from us. Um and yeah, stick with us as you always do anyway. Thanks so much for listening to us. And we'll be back with another show tomorrow at some point about something. Um, that somebody decides who are in charge of Evan that they can make that decision. Um, they might, might have a sign. They might, might like do a Twitter poll. They might if do I, a Twitter If I was that fella that signed for it, that, uh, Dan Juma, I'd, I'd have been on a flight straight out of um, 
of Everton and, and, and the city of Liverpool and trying to find a different club. Especially if you heard that few minutes of um, ridiculous comments from our owner and our chairman, uh, Bill Kenwright. Just absolutely ridiculous. So we'll leave it there for now. No doubt there's a, there's another episode to come from the Blue Room as this Everton saga continues. We'll speak to you and see you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.